Freedom is not a gift from government. Freedom is a gift from God. Welcome to the Andrea K show. She's blonde, 5 foot 2, and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Good evening. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K. Show, coming at you live from the Republican Party of San Diego County. Last time we were down here was for the gubernatorial forum between the candidates running for governor, but tonight it's all about one man, the man who's actually the front runner, and it's Larry Elder. So we're hoping we're going to get, be able to grab the man of the moment tonight and let you hear from him himself as to what his plans are to turn this state around. Glad to have you guys here with me tonight. Follow me on all the socials at Andrea K. Show, including Our Free Nation. Org, the alternative to big tech out there. Uh, in the, before we grab Larry, might be the only time you might get a chance to place a phone call into us. So if you feel like doing that, you can give us a buzz and maybe share with us uh, any question you might have for Larry. 888-344-1170. He's not here with me in person, but he's always here with me in spirit. It's none other than DJ Potato Skins. There's tremendous spirit in our DJ Potato Skins. Tremendous spirit. Yeah, tremendous spirit. We've got a great event going on down there. Cannot wait to hear from Larry Elder and just promote more of why New Cellini needs to go. Absolutely. We're also going to hear from Mike Netter, who's actually the founder of the Recall Movement, which is truly a grassroots, grassroots movement. Uh, but you know who else I found here? A friend of mine, a good buddy of all of you out there. My dear friend, Wendy Patrick, is here with me. Hey, doll. Hey, doll. It's always a pleasure to join you. Yeah, and you can always hear uh, Wendy on Saturdays at 6 p.m. on The Answer San Diego, by the way, for today with Dr. Wendy. You know what I find extraordinary? When we first got here, Wendy, we were looking around, and we didn't see a whole lot of people here, and we thought, you know, compared to last time when Caitlyn Jenner was here. And I thought, well, that's the power of celebrity. But the truth of the matter is, is it is jam-packed tonight, right, to hear Larry Elder. And he, immediately after he threw his hat in the ring, he jumped to the top of the pack. I think he's leading by like 16 points or something over the rest of, of the people. And it just goes to show how being right on the issues... And being right on policy, Trump celebrity. Do you agree? Well, I agree, and I also would prioritize being right. He is very conservative, and although he didn't take any part in that debate that they had up at the, the Nixon Library, you remember right. that? Yeah. So Larry Elder was inconspicuous in terms of not being there, but he was missed. And what he basically said afterwards is, why would he take part in a debate where it was mu much of the same type of personality sort of going at each other? He chose not to, mm -hmm. and then came out ahead. But I do have to say, there are so many qualified candidates. Yeah. It's almost like there's something for everyone in terms of what kind of a Republican you are. What do you think about that? Well, I think it's amazing. And I think that this is this is a really unusual election. First of all, it is a special election. Second of all, it's a recall, right? We're one of only, I think, 19 states that actually even allows for a recall yeah. process, right? And I think it's important while we've got this time before we bring on Larry Elder and Mike Netter to, you know, help people understand what the process is. So right. what's going to happen on September 14th is you're going to go to the polls and you're going to answer two questions. The first is, should Gavin Newsom be gonged and yanked out of office uh, with a big fat hook? Uh, and you're going to answer yes, right? 
And then you're going to decide you're going to vote for whoever you want, right? And I think right now there's 46 candidates uh, to replace Gavin Newsom, and the person who gets the most votes wins. That's extraordinary. And that's very unusual because many people are thinking about, well, gosh, I wonder who's going to make it into the runoff. There is no runoff. It's whoever gets the most votes. And many people are thinking, well, I'm just going to wait till 2022 next year without recognizing the significance of what's on the ballot right in front of us. Right. And there are a lot of people that are thinking, in fact, some people were looking at Rick Grinnell and saying, you know, if only Rick Grinnell would throw his hat in the ring. And the reason why reportedly that he didn't was because he was thinking, well, there's nothing I can do as a Republican if I get in in nine months. It's a Democrat-controlled state legislature. What am I going to be able to do? Kind of a waste, kind of a throwaway. And I think one of the reasons why Larry Elder is shot to the top is he's one of these people who's kind of like Trump in that he's like, there's no such thing as a throwaway. We, we should not waste an opportunity. If we've got an opportunity to take this state back, you're dang right. I'm going to face the challenges of a Democrat-controlled state legislator, and I'm going to look at legislature, and I'm going to look at what I can do to affect change for the state of California, which, oh, by the way, maybe we should spend a couple minutes before the break talking about what it means for the rest of the country. Right. Because the saying is, so goes California. And what do you think the national implications are, Wendy Patrick, for a Larry Elder taking over, not just a Republican in name only, but a conservative taking over and actually affecting change? What do you think it means for the rest of the nation? You know, California is always so cutting edge, and we really do set a standard for the whole nation. And I think that there are lots of states that are watching this election for exactly that reason. I mean, They're looking at Larry. They're looking at the fact that, you know, sure, recalls can be a colorful cast of candidates, but they also really bring out that kind of talent and that kind of commitment. And I think he's distinguished himself from the other candidates on exactly those points. Well, I think that one of the reasons why it has national implications, I think one of the reasons why they're scared to death of Larry Elder is because he breaks through all the myths all the stereotypes that they have of Republicans and of conservatives. And if they have a West Coast, like right now, Governor DeSantis is so conservative. I mean, he he has proven them wrong on every aspect of the response to coronavirus. He's proven that you don't need a collectivist, communistic, one-size-fits-all approach. You don't need to put masks on everybody. You don't need to lock everybody inside their homes. You treat the most vulnerable, when even in that category, have a ninety start with a 99.4% recovery rate. That's amazing. Imagine, right. Imagine if we have a West Coast version of well, Ron DeSantis proving that conservative policies work, right, from an economic standpoint to tackle, to remove the mandates. Because let me tell you, if we have on the West Coast what's going on in Florida, Well, we now have a governor saying, no, you're not going to force anybody to take a shot they don't want. You're not going to force a mask on anybody, including kids in schools. You're not going to force any of these shutdowns and where you can congregate in a Walmart but not in a church. And then everybody ends up being okay. We've got our nation back. And that's attention grabbing because that's one of the things that I think people are following all over the nation is this is somebody that actually is taking those tough stances, not simply trying to be marketed as a moderate. And you know what else we have, Andrea? Yeah. Enthusiasm and energy. And that momentum translates into math. But here's a challenge. Okay, so everybody's okay. going to have a ballot. The challenge yeah. is getting people to vote that ballot. Sort of like if I buy you a Peloton. Oh, please. 
please. That doesn't get you in shape just having the Peloton, no. <laughs> right? You've got to get on it right. So, too, here. I mean, right. we can give everybody a ballot, but how are we going to get them to vote? Well, I, that's interesting you should raise that because I think that Newsom is doing that on his own, with these, <laughs> yeah, right, with, uh, you know, forcing the shot on health care workers. You know, it's interesting because a year ago these nurses were considered heroes, right? Right. Now they're being they're being told they're going to be fired if they don't take a shot that they as healthcare professionals don't want. But but potato skins, you've got an interesting theory about the Democrats and what they what their next play may be given the momentum. What is that? Well, I heard on the Carl Jackson show today. He sits in for Larry Elder with Larry trying to save yeah, California. By the way, uh, but I heard an interesting theory that said, "What if?" And it all breaks down legally. What if Newsom's poll numbers just absolutely tank and there's no doubt he's going to get recalled? That all they have to do, I don't think there's a timeline on this either, is as a party, and they unite better than we do, force Newsom to resign. That automatically triggers killing the recall and the lieutenant governor takes over. That's interesting. I wonder on what criteria they would use to try to figure out... Whether, you know whether or not he's he's about to be recalled. How do they predict going into polls? Whether because right now we 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 know as as conservatives we don't trust the polls, right? Although the polling right now says that it's fifty one percent pro recall. How how would they think about that in terms? Of how would they measure that and decide? Too. And I, and by the way, I don't think that. They, let me tell you why I don't think. That, before I even ask Wendy that question, you know why? Why I don't think they're going to pull that trigger? Why? How many night? How many nights a week? Skins? Do we talk about nothing matters until elections matter? Right. Five. And I think that the, I think that instead of them trying to force him to resign, I think that they're going to try to pull the trigger on any and every method of fraud that they can come up with. I agree. I agree to one hundred percent. Yeah, let me tell you. Let me tell you a story. In fact, I don't even think you know. Since you're not, you and I usually go. Skins and I usually were in their studio together, go over stories beforehand. Here's one I don't think you even have even heard about, my dear. I was just showing this to Wendy Patrick. Uh, the California Secretary of State. Now, we know about ballot harvesting, right? We know what's been done with the mail-in ballots, uh, right? We, we know about all that. But did you know, because I didn't know this, Skins, that the California Secretary of State div- has devised, and this is according to Katie Grimes from the California Globe, she devised a print-your-own-ballot-from-home program. I heard about this today. It just about <laughs> fell over laughing, but it's so horrible. <laughs> well, it is. Because think about it for a second, and it's some kind of software, uh, the how to request an RAVBM, which is review a remote accessible vote by mail system. What could go wrong, Skins, where you've got some kind of, you get to use your own, your own device and print out, and, 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 and I mean, what could go wrong here with that, well, right? Well, Andrea, all the mail-in balloting in the presidential election turned out just flawlessly. This has got to be good. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely right. And somebody, I think it was Katie Grimes here asked, uh, "Can you print out more than one ballot? Oh. How how are these verified and by whom? Sounds and like why a can't these ba- right? Why can't these ballots be dropped dropped off? Why must they be mailed? I think the, there was breaking news today from JustTheNews.com, John Solomon's outfit, saying that they have discovered that in the state of Georgia, that ballots that were rejected by the machines were uh, were fixed by hand and counted. So, you know, they're, they're, you know they're, this, is, this is why I don't think that your theory or whoever theory it was of the Democrats forcing Newsom out, because um, they've got too many, they've got too many mechanisms. I don't see it happening, Andrea, but I do say it just gives them another tool in their belt. Listen, for, for all their claims right now, 
that this recall is, you know, a January 6th insurrectionist movement's theft of an election. The, the Democrats are always guilty. Wendy's the, the Ph.D. here. They're the, they're the ones guilty of projection, right? They're always guilty of what they accuse the Republicans of. Well, we always talk about that in connection with exactly the topic that you raised, Andrea, because shouldn't everybody care about election integrity? I mean, that should be a bipartisan value of the highest degree, especially now and especially in California, given everything that's at stake. Because remember, Governor Newsom has been on his good behavior over the last couple of weeks. I mean, it's been off with the masks, open with the businesses, really sort of relaxing the kind of regulations that got him into some of this hot water to begin with. Although, remember, the recall, the effort, let's just say, didn't start with the pandemic. This preceded the pandemic. It was only exacerbated by some of the ideas and the decisions that he made during the course of the pandemic. Yeah, it's interesting because I was watching an interview with with Larry Elder, and we hope to have Larry shortly for you guys here, when they kept pressing him. I think it was on, oh, I'm not going to say, the Commie News Network. Uh, kept pressing him. Well, you know, come on, Larry. If you're if 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 we're going to use this extraordinary measure of a recall, there must be one one major issue, one major mistake that the person's done to justify this. As though everything from right. the uh, destruction of our state through coronavirus, communist power grab, through uh, the destruction of of the state economically with a homeless crisis. I mean, wh- why does it need to be one? How? Why can't it be a combination of about six or seven? It is. It's in de- the aggregate. It's in the aggregate, and that's the thing. It's the sum total of the decisions over the last year. That's Absolutely. really that, that's narrowing that gap right now. Absolutely. All right. Well, y'all stay tuned. We got more of the Andrea K Show coming up with me and Wendy Patrick live from the Republican Party of San Diego County. Stay tuned. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show, and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K, spelled K A Y E. It's the Andrea K Show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show, coming to y'all live from the Republican Party of San Diego County. Everybody's here. It is just like breathless expectation. Excitement is in the room. Because the man, Larry Elder, is here. And we're going to try to grab him out of about 5,000 people grabbing it, Larry. Uh, what's interesting right now is that we've got a gentleman wearing a shirt over there that says, Freedom Lost is, um, Freedom Lost is, what is that t-shirt? Hard to regain. Freedom, freedom Lost is hard to regain. Ask the Cuban people. Man, that's the thought of tonight. Because the, the um, and that's what the, kind of what this recall is about. Isn't it, Wendy Patrick? That the, the citizens of California said, we're going to regain our freedoms that have been lost by this crazy governor here who's destroyed the economy during COVID on top of all the other um, aspects of, of him as terrible as a governor. Yes? Yes, and it's the first time in a long time. And I think a lot of people are just finally recognizing that this is really happening. Remember, we talked about this from the beginning, and oh, maybe it won't make the ballot. How many votes? Are we going to withdraw votes? Here we are with not only a cast of colorful candidates, but a cast of qualified candidates, including the man of the hour tonight, who is actually far to the right from some of them. Remember, it's not all Republicans on the recall ballot. There are some Democrats and some others. But we have Larry Elder actually at the top of the ballot right now. Yeah, it's super exciting. And you know what? One of the As we were talking before the break about national implications here, uh, uh, Americans, uh, uh, we don't have to accept 
we don't have to submit to a tyrannical government. It's right. like, because once our freedoms are gone, it's it's much easier to keep our freedoms than to try to take them back after they've been taken. A Rand Paul today, during the break, DJ Potato Skins was reminding me that Rand Paul today came out and told the American people that it's time. It's time for us to push back and to fight back against these unconstitutional mandates. Yet, didn't he say that, Skins? Yeah, he came out and said he urges all Americans to oppose not just masks, but vaccines, along with any new round of lockdowns that may be coming. Right. Um, Yeah, and it's interesting because I just so happened to run into my dear friend, Wendy Patrick, who is, in addition to many things, is a brilliant legal pundit. And so what a great opportunity for me to have her here and ask about the legal implications because people are saying, hey, wait a second. How is it that as a nurse, I didn't get I didn't get jabbed last year and I worked the COVID ward and I'm alive and well, right. or I worked somewhere else in the society and I've had COVID or whatever, or whether or not I've had it or not, how is it that any company or business or government can try to force me to put a cover over my face or take a vaccine. Yeah, the word there is force. That's the operative word. And that's part of why there's so much dissension over this issue is people are trying to determine what rights do I have? And basically either asking for an exemption, whether it's medical or religious. How about reasonable accommodations? One thing, Andrea, I think that's not getting enough press is the number of companies that are in fact being reasonable, being practical, thinking, I mean, it makes a difference if you work as a dental hygienist or at a digital help desk. Why would you need a vaccine and upload something into the system if you never see another live person? So companies are actually being more reasonable than you would think. That's not what's making headlines. So it's making it look like people are being forced when it's not always true. But we don't want it to ever be true, right? Isn't right. that the problem? Yeah, absolutely it is because we've never in in my lifetime, nor do I think in, in nope. the history of America, where we have forced people even when it comes to childhood vaccinations and parents don't have to do it. They may not be able to take their kid to school. They may have to homeschool. But we've never, at least in my lifetime, have I have and has there been a one size fits all for adults where you, where it, you don't you're not allowed for religious exemption where we where we have forced a vaccine on somebody when they've already had the virus for which the vaccine is supposed to be about, right? It's, and yeah. we've never forced vaccines on people or shots on people that don't get it or give it. So what, to me, it, it's clear that this is a power grab and we've got to take our power back. And and you look at, and, and also if, in, in the words of the great Judge Judy, who's also a brilliant legal mind, <laughs> she says, if it doesn't make sense, it's not true. And today, and nothing that this the government, particularly from the federal level, has done in response has, has, has made sense or therefore been true because we were told um, that these shots worked right, these vaccines worked, and then it was, well, they don't really work, so you got to wear a mask. And now we're hearing today, latest news, according to the CDC, is that if you're immunocompromised, now you got to get a third shot. Where does it end, Skins? Well, that's just the thing. It doesn't end. And Senator Rand Paul, I think, is right on it. On his Twitter today, it... It doesn't get any more clear than this. He says, we are at a moment of truth and a crossroads. Will we allow these people to use fear and propaganda to do further harm to our society, economy, and children? Or will we stand together and say, absolutely not, this, not this time, I choose freedom? Uh, oh, wow. That's a beautiful quote. 
And yeah, um, it, it, and one of the things that I've said, and, and I don't know if Wendy's going to agree with me, she does a lot of media as well as I do on TV, and what, what, what I've heard at least is too many conservatives that want to get down in the weeds too much or allow themselves to be sucked into the weeds of, of debate about mask uh, mask and what size particles they hold out and all this kind of End stuff. End of the day, that and, doesn't matter, right? Yeah, it it's really should be. We are a nation that is based on individual liberty and indiv- individual freedom, and that should always be the argument. We have uh, we have always taken the position, haven't we, Skins, that if you feel comfortable and you want to wear a mask all day, 24 hours a day, do it. wear it. If you want to take the, take the shot, take the shot. I never tell anybody what they should or shouldn't do. But I resent any politicians that are clearly, clearly, they don't believe in this, and it's all about a power grab, because if any of these uh, politicians that are behind... With whether they're in current office or outside of office like Barack Obama, if any of them ever actually believed any of this, Obama wouldn't have been having that party, him and his Choom gang this weekend with 700 people under a tent with no mask, right? That's why Gavin Newsom was up at French Laundry, because they know that this is all a bunch of hooey. If he really thought that masks prevented or that this was a deadly virus and you can't be inside without a mask or next to anybody, would he have been sitting there in French Laundry? No. They don't believe it. Well, you guys are you guys are both quoting Rand Paul. Remember what he also said about uh, what he said to Nancy Pelosi about being arrested if he didn't wear a mask. You know, there there's that arrest mandate that supposedly was going on at, at Capitol oh, Hill. Oh yeah. No, I, obviously, I really don't think that was ever enforced. But you're correct in that the science changes every day. And Andrea, isn't it something? Um, and I'll bet Skins has something to say about this too. We're having this conversation every day, and we still don't have full FDA approval of the vaccine. Well, yeah, that's. that's out, and I'm glad you brought that up. That is something that's been toted about by Dr. Fauci. He's yeah. hoping that the FDA approves this vaccine within weeks, which it should be taking years. I was just going to say that, Skin. So if, in fact, it is approved within weeks, how many years of studies have been short-circuited by approving it early? That's just the argument many people are making, is that even if they were put, remember, it's next month, that's the, the target date. Even if that's true, what we have done is we will have really sort of shortcut the, the what we all choose to rely on to make sure something is safe. So that isn't going to make people feel better if, in fact, that's why they're, they're hesitant. Well, look, it's been, it's been a game of, of mind control and mind games and manipulation from the jump, right? Uh, it was supposed to be 14 days to flatten the curve, and then it was, well, then we got to stop the spread, and then it was, well, you'll get back to normal until we, you can't get back to normal until you take the jab, right? And this, these, the, these, quote, vaccines were pushed out using something called the Emergency Use Act, right? Right. And you can't get it out under the Emergency Use Act if there is an alternative treatment available. So they, they hushed denied, the alternatives. They didn't, yeah, so they denied and pretended that ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, budesonide, and others didn't work. How about vitamin D and zinc? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so today, today, if you're immunocompromised, they're telling you got to have a third jab. Listen, get back to me, Fauci, and the CDC. When you're telling people to exercise, when you're telling people to put the fork down, when you're telling people to drink some water and get, and get out and get some sunshine, right? You don't need a fork to eat a donut, Andrea. you got to make sure you care careful what you say there. Girl, you know me well. All right, now listen, we're going to take a skinny, tiny little break. Speaking of eating donuts, we come back. You're going to hear from Mike Netter, the man behind the recall. Don't go away. And later on, the man, the myth, the legend, Larry Elder. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And like her Facebook fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K. Telling you like it is. All while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. 
So welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show, coming at you live from the San Diego County Republican Party meeting here. Uh, last time we were here, it was a gubernatorial forum. This time, it's all about the man of the hour, Larry Elder. Some people are already calling him the next governor of California, but it would not be happening tonight, nor any of this recall would be happening, but for the man sitting next to me right now. And it is none other than Mike Netter, key proponent of RecallGavin2020.com and one of the founders of the coalition. Welcome to the Andrea K. Show, Mike Netter. It's a pleasure to be here. Isn't it an exciting night? Well, it is exciting, and I I want people to understand, though, how we got here a little bit. Tell everybody, because you know, I don't have to tell you what Elizabeth Warren, what the Democrats, what Gavin Newsom are trying to say about this recall. Tell everybody why you got this started and what it's really all about. Well, first off, I'm very surprised you can use such words as Elizabeth Warren on the radio. I didn't (laughs) think that was legal, but let's put that aside for a second. I didn't call her Focahontas. (laughs) Here's the reality. This was started by Orrin Heatley and myself in a small group approximately a year and a half ago. It wasn't started by a party. It was started simply by myself and Orrin Heatley, other individuals that felt the need that California had to have something done. And for everybody out there listening tonight, let's be aware that it's up to the people to get it done, just like the people got the petition done. this isn't a big political machine. The big political machine has kind of come in. We're at a big political night. The reality is the 2.1 million signatures, over 1.7 million of them were collected by volunteers. Mm-hmm. Did you know something? This is the largest initiative in American history. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Did you also know this is the largest volunteer effort in American history? Well, I love it because it shows that this is grassroots. And for those of you who are not uh, here in San Diego or in California, um, you may not know that we actually, I think, have actually more Democrat and independent registered voters than we do Republicans. So for the Democrats saying that this is a Republican Party insurrection, trying to, you know, steal an election through a recall process, that's not the case. This is not only a volunteer effort, it's a grassroots effort, and it includes, if not the majority of Democrats, right? It does, but I want to stress something here that I say on stage all the time. I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, what church you go to, what ethnicity you are. We're all Californians, and in Mm -hmm. a way, people find it strange when I say that. Gavin Newsom is a blessing because it's a -a once-in-a-lifetime politician that literally has united the right and the left because we have to have a better California. Right. What would you say is the top two reasons behind the recall for the voters? Homelessness and crime. And I think crime has bubbled more to the top of the list now. But here's the reality that I tell everybody. Nobody I know of any sane mind wants people on the street that aren't taken care of. Nobody I know of any sane mind wants horrible roads where they can't get to work, Mm -hmm. air that's hard to breathe. Wildfires seem a shock every year, Mm -hmm. yet they've been going on for over 30 years in California. Gavin seems continuously amazed by this. Mm -hmm. Here's what's driving us in succinct words in the time that I have. It's government's job to provide us with a safe environment and good infrastructure. That's the basic of what government should provide. And California government's not doing it. They talk about, let's build the bullet train. Great. Mm -hmm. Maybe when we've solved everything else, we should build that bullet train. Mm -hmm. Let's do things like, I'm not even going to go to all those issues. 
power goes out, we're running out of water, our roads aren't the greatest on mm -hmm. the planet. Did you know that per the last U.S. Census, 17.6% of all Californians live at the poverty level and the Political Policy Institute said if you put the people that are near it, 33% of the largest state with the most resources in the country live at or near the poverty level in California. Well, I, I find it interesting in everything you just said about the infrastructure and uh, cost of living here and homelessness and crime. I mean, we've got a crime invasion here going on in California. But my memory of at the time that what sparked this recall uh, is really what was going on with coronavirus and the power grab by Gavin Newsom and the, com uh, the communistic crackdowns where he was completely destroying entire industries uh, and you could congregate in a Walmart, but you couldn't congregate in a church. And I think that I think that one of the reasons why this recall is still going to end up taking him out of office is that even though if some of those mandates and some of those restrictions are gone now, we still have this crime wave. We still have a homeless problem. We still have an inability to a, a cost of living here that is absolutely outrageous. That's why I believe that he's gone. He's absolutely out. Well, I agree. And let's be clear on a couple medical discoveries that Gavin made. Apparently the coronavirus is afraid of going into large markets and coming down after 10 at night. I mean, here's the reality. <laughs> oh, what, and, and it's it, it spread horribly and kills people in restaurants, except if it's his own restaurant, French Laundry, absolutely. or his own wine, winery, right? And what this really showed is this. What the coronavirus did, we started this petition before the virus came along. The virus just accelerated the cycle of the ineptitude of Gavin Newsom. We do a show called Friday Night's the French Laundry on a different station. And in that show, the reason we call it that is because the biggest mistake Gavin made to accelerate the petition was, was what he did the French Laundry. May I take a second to explain that? Of course. Californians have a common experience. What Gavin did was amplify that he is not part of the common man. He's part of the political elitist. Well, yeah. is, isn't he related to Nancy Pelosi? He used to be, but here's the point. He lives in a $4.7 million mansion surrounded by armed guards. Mm -hmm. He was raised with a benefactor who's part of Getty Oil. He's part of the political elite. He's not connecting with California. He doesn't really care what happens to most Californians. Here's something to consider. Gavin Newsom and other politicians in California, like Harris, like Xavier Barcera, use, have been using California as a stepping stone into national politics. They don't no. care about the people. No. They care about the politics. This has now become evident to the people of California. Right. Gavin Newsom's accelerated it. Earlier, you were telling me about some breaking news involving the Democrats. Well, it looks like the Democrats may be suing, so I'm told, for the Elizabeth Warren ad. And you may say, well, that seems strange. Yeah, why would the Democrats well, be Well, I'm guessing that because what they don't do is typical. They're asking people to vote no, but they're not telling them that they can still, even if they vote no, vote for another candidate. So they're actually misinforming the lone electric. Look, let's be frank about this. Nobody expected on either side of the political aisle for the people of California to get this on the ballot. We've been the underdog. And I've got a yeah. really stupid question for you. When in American history did the average person become the underdog? We shouldn't be. We're not supposed to be the underdog. We're supposed to be the overdog. 
right? It's not. Has yeah. it been happening? Got it. Listen, here's what we make sure everybody out there needs to know. Go out there, vote yes. Go to our website, recallgavin2020.com. Get reasons, get materials if you need to distribute it. But what we have to do to win this and take back the state of California for all Californians, regardless of political party, is make sure you vote and vote yes. yes. Pick the candidate of your choice, but it's Gavin running against himself, against the people of California. Absolutely. Mike Netter, thank you so much for leading this grassroots movement and for and putting us in a position where we can actually take our state back. God bless you, man. RecallGavin2020.com. Let's take our state back. All right. Thanks so much. All right. Stay tuned. More Andrea K. Show coming up. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. And like her Facebook fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K., the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Coming at you live from the San Diego Republican Party County meeting. And I have the man of the hour. Let me tell you, I was here and got the exclusive interview with Caitlyn Jenner. And there wasn't half this many people here. And I said at the top of the show, what, what I love so much is that this man and who he is and his policies and what he stands for trumps anybody's celebrity status, even somebody attached to the Kardashians. Of course, i got to introduce the sage of South Central, the man, Larry Elder. Now, Andrea, i got to say, whenever people introduce me as the man of the hour, an hour is not very long. No, it's not. It's gone. Give me, a, give me a man of the century. Give me a, an hour is a little... Come All on. right, well, we'll see. Short. we'll see if you win the recall, but let me tell you, I expect that you will. I expect you to take the governorship, and that's why I got to start. I only got a few minutes with you, but I got to know with the successful career you've got, your incredibly successful national syndicated radio show host, you could be partying it up like Obama was this weekend at Martha's Vineyard instead of <laughs> campaigning and now about to take over the most challenging state in the nation. Why? Well, I feel I have an obligation. I mean, honestly, a moral, spiritual, even patriotic obligation to do something about the crime, about the homelessness, about the declining quality of public schools. 75% of black boys in California cannot read at state levels of proficiency, and those levels aren't very high. Nearly half of all third graders cannot read at state levels of proficiency. You saw the movies Boys in the Hood. That's yeah. my high school, Crenshaw High School. 2% of the kids are math proficient. We need choice in education. Uh, black and brown parents, according to the polls in the inner city, want choice. But the teachers union, the largest funder of my opponent, adamantly opposed because the teachers, of course, are not automatic uh, union members and will get their automatic dues. The route towards going from poverty to the middle class starts with graduating from high school, presumably one where you can read, write, and compute at grade level, and that's not happening. And then we have this outrageous homelessness problem, mm-hmm. water shortages. I'm just up in Kern County. We have not added to our water infrastructure in 40 years when the state was half the size. So we got all these brownouts, so many problems. And then you have the, the, the hypocritical way this man shut down the state while sitting up there at the French Laundry with the very people that drafted the mandates. They right. weren't wearing masks. They weren't engaging in social distancing. Had his own kids enjoying in-person private education. It is outrageous, and people in California are fed up. Not just Republicans. Democrats and independents are all fed up. That's why he's going to be gone September 14th. Oh, he is. And he's scared of you, because anybody who just listened to you just rattle off like you just did, uh, like you did on your radio uh, show all the time. That, he's about to flip that good-looking head of hair of his over you. I, I, have, a, I, have, a, I have a nicer head of hair. Yeah. <laughs> He's coming at you with everything. You you want to take people's minimum wage away from right. them. You you know you Honestly, want it. You yeah. want it. You know he's hitting you with all kinds of accusations. Well, today. well, one of them, however, Andrea, they no longer say is that this is being led by white nationalists, white supremacists. <laughs> I mean, look at me. I may be a lot of things, but I'm not a white supremacist. Right. So that that one has been dropped. But uh, 
Elizabeth Warren cut a commercial for him. Right. And all she did was attack the motives of the people who are behind the recall. She didn't defend his record on crime, didn't defend his record on homelessness, didn't defend his record on the, on the outrageous cost of living. You know, for the first time in our state's history, people in the middle class, between, earning between 50 and 100K, are leaving the state. And the yeah. number one reason they cite is they cannot afford a home. That's because of the way these environmentalists have shut down growth. And when I come there, there's going to be a new sheriff in town. I'm not going there to make friends. I'm going there to, to break things and kick some butt. That's right. Yeah. So what a lot of people say is, well, gosh, can, can a Republican conservative actually do anything with a Democrat-controlled state legislature? What, oh, what, oh, how yeah. effective can I, you I, be? I've spoken with uh, former Governor Pete Wilson about how to deal with a hostile legislature. There's a lot of stuff you can do. You can declare a statewide emergency on homelessness. You can t- declare a statewide emergency on water. Uh, I have the, the veto power. And believe me, or, believe it or not, a veto, a, a bill that's been vetoed has not been overridden in almost 40 years. Really? I was, I was surprised, too. I thought that uh, stuff had been overridden when, when uh, Arnold vetoed stuff. Turns out a bill has not been vetoed, has not been overridden that's been vetoed in 40 years. Turns out when they pass something stupid, you go public, talk about why it's stupid. Next thing you know, the phone rings of the state senators and of the assembly persons, mm-hmm. and people are saying, what were you guys smoking? And they don't override <laughs> it. So I can stop a lot, of, a lot of bad stuff. I have the power to appoint commissioners, uh, and I also have the bully pulpit. They're going to hear things they never heard before once I get up there. Yeah, well, if you can get up there, because I'm, I'm hearing from listeners that want to know your thoughts on election fraud, because it doesn't matter if elections don't matter, and we know that they're going to be doing everything they can to try to stop you. And as you know, this is going to be all mail-in ballots. They're sending mail-in ballots to everybody, even with, whether you request one or not. You know, in Europe, they don't allow mail-in voting. I think U.K. is the last uh, country that does it, and they're going to stop it because of the potential for fraud. But I think so many people are outraged, Andrea. Mm-hmm. Uh, independents, as I mentioned, Democrats, at least a quarter, maybe a third of them have signed the petition to recall this guy. And so even if they cheat, there's going to be so many votes, they're not going to be able to win. Well, I agree with you about that. Yeah. All right. My, the uh, listeners also want to know, what are you going to do? First three things you're going to do the day you step into the governor's office. I'm going to repeal any kind of mass mandate or vaccine mandate that's, that's yes. in force. I'm going to declare a homelessness crisis so that we can unleash the private sector to build low-cost housing. I'm going to declare a, um, a, a crime crisis. I'm going to do something about changing the rhetoric. You know, these cops are doing their jobs. Yes. We're, we're releasing felons. Under COVID, 20,000 felons have been released early, and we're treating cops like felons. So I'm going to change that narrative. Uh, and then I'm going to break for lunch. Are you? You're going to break for lunch? <laughs> <laughs> well, today the, the Louisiana governor said he's fasting for COVID. He's going to miss lunch for, for three days. That's a sacrifice he's willing to make. Yet you're sacrificing your career right now and your time and your efforts to save this state. Well, people keep saying that, but I, I, I'm not charging up San Juan Hill. I'm not storming the beaches of Normandy. All I am is running for office. And if it means that I'm going to lose some money, if it means I'm going to have my private life uh, examined, go, go ahead, bring it. Hold my beer. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, how can people help you? Throw a little money in the tip jar, go, you say? Yeah, go to elder.com, electelder.com, electelder.com, because my opponent is going to be able to raise an unlimited amount of money. Already the teachers' union have given him $1.8 million. And when it was obvious I was going to run, the service employees' union gave him $5 million. I hear he's already raised about $40 million, probably a minimum of $50, maybe $75 million to defeat me. So I need help from people inside California and outside California. Please go to electelder.com, because I have campaign expenditure limitations. It's incredibly unfair, but just because you're outspent doesn't mean you're going to lose. Uh, Proposition uh, 16, the no side uh, outspent the yes... The yes side, I spent the no side, 20 to 1. That's the proposition that would have brought back race uh, mm. as a factor in college mm-hmm. admissions. I thought we were trying to have a colorblind society, not, right. not, a, not a color-coordinated society. And the, and the good side was outspent 20 to 1, and they still won. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, God bless you. Oh, fine, you. Final, can I ask one last question? Because 100, you 175 pounds. I'm six foot one, and I choose, <laughs> and I choose juicy fruit. Okay. I was you, just going to. You weren't going to ask that. Well, right. no, I wasn't going to ask. That. Well, you mentioned outside California helping. You know what? This does this does affect the rest of the nation. In in a couple of ways. Uh, so goes California. So goes the rest of the country. But also, my friends living in Oregon, Texas, Florida, go, Larry. You guys leave California. You bring your left wing poli- politics with you. Right. That's because they don't see the connection. There's a reason why the houses are so high. The average price of a home in California is 150% more than the average price of a home outside of California. The average price now costs $800,000 because of what's going on uh, in Sacramento, because right. of the uh, CEQA law, the California Environment Equality Act, and there's a connection between that and why you're unhappy. So, at the very least, when Californians leave, don't you want them to know why they're leaving so they don't vote the Democrat when they go where, where they go? That's right. Yeah. So, everybody across the nation, tell them where, where they can throw money in your tip jar. ElectElder.com, ElectElder.com. Well, thank you so much for being it's here. It's been my pleasure. Appreciate you. On right. to Sacramento. On to Sacramento. On to, on to Sacramento. Uh, yay! Caitlyn Jenner did not get this kind of attention and applause. You are the man, Larry Elder. Thank you so much. All right. Well, we still got a couple minutes left in tonight's Andrea K. Show. Glad to have you guys here with me. You know, I don't think I have been. I've done a lot of live remotes. I've been to a lot of events. I've been, I'm at CPAC every year where I get to interview you. What are supposed to be like the biggest, the biggest, you know, people in the Republican Party, and I don't think that I have ever seen or heard this kind of enthusiasm for any Republican. Joining me again for the final few moments is Wendy Patrick. Your thoughts on Larry? Oh, I'll tell you what. I think he really brought down the House for all the reasons that he's the front runner, and you know, he's answered these questions before. Mm-hmm. You know, every time he takes the stage and really sort of distinguished himself as somebody that's not afraid to say exactly what he's going to do. You know, not afraid to to alienate certain segments of the population, but instead to really unify enough voters to take the nomination. Well, and he's such a master of not just a master of communications and incredibly articulate. But that too. But yeah, that too. But he's a master of the facts on the ground in terms of what's happening in this state. And this is somebody, and you and I know because we do radio, it takes, a lot of people don't know how much time it takes to to delve into, to read history, to study on policy, to study what's actually happening. Because you can't really go on air and really talk about it without getting educated on it, right? At least we we don't believe you can. That's exactly right. And you know, if you don't, people are going to be able to understand that you didn't. And one of the things that makes him a great candidate it's not only is his grasp of the issues, but he talks about this kind of thing every day. He's one yeah. of our, you know, he's one of our co-guests, one of our co-anchors here. And one of the value, one of the most valuable things about that is you need to always stay on top of everything that's going on and be able to yeah. articulate it well. If and he does that second piece well as well as the first piece. It's no good having a great vision if you can't articulate it in a fashion that it doesn't resonate with anybody. Right. And one of the things I also love about him, he only touched on it a little bit that you know he graduated from you know Crenshaw High. From, from that movie, but this is somebody who is in his 60s now, yeah. born and raised here in California. I don't think he's ever lived, other than his time in school, I think he went to Brown University and he went to, I think, uh, law school in Michigan. Other than that, I don't think he's ever lived anywhere else. This man knows California. And do you know how many people that don't even recognize that he lives here, much less has always lived here? I can't tell you how many people have said, wait a minute, he's running for governor of California? He lives in New York City, just because they see him on Fox News all the time. Right. So it's that sort of, you know, the spectrum 
specter of, no, this actually is a homegrown candidate. Yeah. I, I think it's important that he's talking about that because a lot of people didn't recognize that. Yeah. What did you think about his first three things he's going to do day one in office? I thought that was terrific. And I've got my, my co-host, Larry Dersham, here tonight. And, you know, he's really the, the brilliant legal mind that would have predicted that Larry would have said exactly what he did. Those right. are three things, and those are the top three, and I think he's going to do them all. And then have lunch. Yes. <laughs> hey, thanks for having you all here with me tonight. Thank you, Dr. Wendy Patrick, for being here with me. Thank you, Larry Elder. Thank you, Mike Netter. Thank you to the Salem Media team and my dear friend, Ada Skins. I'll be back in studio with you tomorrow night. Love you all. Peace out.